Hacktivists say they plan to stop their attacks against U.S. banks, citing YouTube's partial removal of a movie trailer deemed offensive to Muslims as the catalyst. But security experts have been skeptical and have warned banking institutions more attacks are likely. So what's really behind these attacks? And what are some of the concerns leading industry experts know about what's going on behind the scenes? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm here today with Bill Stewart of Booz Allen Hamilton, who sheds light on what DDoS researchers think and how financial institutions are reacting. Bill, what can you tell us about the hacktivist claims that they plan to stop their DDoS strikes, which have been waged against U.S. banks since mid-September? What we've seen is uh, some pausing of the activity. I think what we believe is that these attacks are uh, a demonstration of uh, capability. You know, a DDoS attack, while a, a troublesome thing that does cause institution being attacked to uh, divert resources and can be an annoyance in and of itself, you know, is not typically the primary uh, issue at hand. And often what, what's going on is some other potential exploitation, some other diversionary tactic that's uh, going to be used to uh, open up a vulnerability or take advantage of the fact that we've got resources expended to uh, defend against the DDoS attack and allow an adversary to come out of an institution through another uh, vulnerability. And so, Bill, based on what you know about these DDoS attacks, what do you believe is really going on? Why were the attacks stopped? Well, I think for a couple of reasons. One, I think the entities that were uh, issuing attacks have kind of made the point that they can do this and they can do it in a way that's more substantial than things that we've seen in the past. And now they're uh, looking at other means to send a message around uh, their capabilities and also as a way to provide other things and other uh, exploitations and to focus in other areas of the network and other areas of uh, an institution's capabilities. The reality is, you know, as I said before, with the DDoS attack, you're using a lot of resources and it is troublesome and you do cause some harm to an institution, but when you step back and look at what's really going on, it, it's more of a distraction and a nuisance. And there are other opportunities to potentially do more damage and create more harm to some of these institutions. And, you know, depending on who the adversary is and, and what they're trying to achieve, if they're trying to achieve uh, notoriety and it's impressed for their cause, they've done that, they've achieved that. If they're trying to do this as a way to get to something else, to cover up some other attack or to prove a capability that can be somehow used in the future as a part of a potential negotiation or threat, I think they've achieved those kinds of things as well. And is there evidence, Bill, to suggest that these attacks actually have stopped? Are banks still being targeted? It's hard to know if folks are still being targeted until the attacks happen. So, you, you, you know, you don't know an adversary's plans and you don't know what they're uh, going to do until they've done it. Uh, we've seen somewhat of a drop-off in the recent past, but we've seen other attacks emerge so in other places. So it's hard to say what's really going to happen next with an adversary like this. But the, the DDoS attacks and the overall technology that it takes and the know-how that it takes is not, you know, in the grand scheme of things, all that sophisticated. What's a little different here is just the sheer volume of information and sheer volume of data that's flooded these networks. And is there any evidence to suggest that other industries or other brands have been targeted by the same group that's been hitting U.S. institutions? Well, we do know that other parts of the industry and other industries have experienced some similar attacks. 
again, it's always difficult to have conclusive evidence in cyber around who's doing what and exactly how attacks are uh, being generated. It's very easy to uh, create the same type of attack in, in different places and have it look the same. But there are a lot of similarities to the recent events that have occurred, and it does seem like uh, perhaps there's been a shift in focus. Now, Amazon, of course, last week was targeted as well. Do you think that Amazon's recent DDoS strike, which took the e-commerce leader offline for approximately 45 minutes, could be related to the same group? Well, again, it, it's hard to know with certainty, but it's, it's certainly worth investigation to determine that, you know, Amazon's a significant internet presence. And so to have them offline for any period of time does take a fairly substantial capability. And, and that is one of the traits and characteristics of what we've seen with these attacks on the financial services industry. So I'm not in a position to say absolutely, and I'm not sure that anyone is, but there are some similarities between what's occurred. Now, another suspicious piece of this puzzle related to DDoS is that just before, in fact, days before the hacktivists announced that they planned to halt their attacks on U.S. banking institutions, the DDoS strikes were actually taking aim at smaller banks and credit unions. And the size of these attacks, from what I've gathered talking to other industry experts, is that they may have been a little bit smaller, but experts think that the same group was behind the strikes. Why would the hacktivists shift gears and take aim at these mid-tier institutions? That's a very good question. There could be lots of reasons for that. Uh, one would be, uh, you know, if their objective is to gain uh, recognition and notoriety for what they're doing, to gain uh, more public acknowledgement of their claims, then shifting focus to other entities is, is a way to do that. It's just uh, you engage another community, you keep the story out in the press. Another piece of speculation could be that attacks are diversion for something else and, and that there's more going on. And in that case, you know, shifting the focus could then allow things to happen in other places or in relation to these attacks that would be different than what they were trying to achieve before. And again, that's speculation, it's just a potential that could be happening based on thinking about what an adversary could be doing. Bill, has there been any evidence to suggest that fraud is being attempted while these attacks occur? There's always a potential for that, and that's one of the things that could be going on here. It's hard to know without hard evidence uh, inside the institution, and so I don't have any firsthand knowledge of that, but I think it's a real possibility and could be part of why these things could be more of a diversionary tactic. And then what about evidence to suggest that these hacktivists are not working alone and could perhaps be backed by Iran or even some international crime rings? There's always potential for nation-state engagement in cyber issues, and, and that's a question you have to ask yourself any time you see an attack of greater scale and or greater sophistication. And it's hard to know that. It's hard to know with certainty that is a fact, but there are certainly some indicators that would at least allow for speculation around that other potential. So now that the hacktivists have made this claim that they're going to pause or stop their attacks, how are financial institutions addressing those claims? It's hard to talk for all financial institutions. What I think most folks are doing is they're working uh, pretty diligently to not let their guard down, I think, through these attacks. One of the benefits, if you will, of uh, the recent attacks is it's raised visibility of some, uh, of some needs to continue to be diligent and enhance our cybersecurity infrastructure and capabilities. 
And so most of the institutions that we have relationships with are using this as an opportunity to continue to push forward with their capabilities and continue to improve and put uh, capabilities and, and processes in place to mitigate things like this attack and other issues that we're all aware of in the cyberspace around our uh, critical infrastructures. And then, Bill, before we close, what advice can you offer to institutions out there about how they should prepare and what they should be looking for? It's hard to have uh, specifics around uh, this kind of thing because there's uh, just so many things that, you know, an adversary could do next. But for certain, there's a real opportunity here to, to do kind of things I've mentioned in the previous answer, which is what we've, as a community, what's uh, happened here is we've really seen, uh, yet again, another issue that has heightened awareness around you know, the challenge of cybersecurity and the challenge of protecting our critical infrastructures. So the top-level advice is to uh, use this as an opportunity to, to relook at those strategies and plans that you have in place, and then also to build a case for continuing to invest and continuing to provide the level of diligence needed to protect our critical infrastructures and protect our businesses in ways that allow us to continue to operate in what at times is a very difficult environment. Bill, I want to thank you again for your time this afternoon. Oh, thank you. Again, we've just heard from Bill Stewart of Booz Allen Hamilton. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.